Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are still in our series in Exodus, and today we are talking about the fact that the pharaohs of the world do not go down easy. Uh, before we get into that, the question for you today is what do you do with stories in the Bible that just do not make sense? Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, except for those rebels in the back. It's fine. I support you. Um, yeah, so uh, before I get started, something really cool that I love that Corey didn't mention that I'm just going to talk about, too, is um, some of the dreams for New Abbey in the future, which I think are really cool. Um, we talk a lot about how um, sanctuaries are kind of like a poor use of resources. Like, you spend a lot of money on a building that's used two hours a week. Um, so something that we talk a lot about in Dreaming in the future is getting into some for-profit um, businesses. Like, what would it look to have a building that's a shared office space or a bar or a coffee shop or somewhere that could be generating income for the church all week, and then we get to meet in it for church on Sunday. So um, we're really into sort of ideas and dreaming about and expanding about the ways to do church. So if you want to join us in that dreaming, um, <laughs> let us know your brilliant um, ideas or business plans. I just got this. I was talking, is it, where is she? We were talking this morning. Yes. And I was like, how did I not invent this? It's the most useful thing. And someone created this and now they're, so if you have any ideas like that, that you want to <laughs> just give the patent to the church, that'd be great. Uh, so this morning, we are still in Exodus and um, so we're looking over the calendar and I was reading the passages that I had for this morning. I was like, ugh. So um, I'm going to read it. I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole thing. So this morning, uh, the passage that we're looking at is the first nine plagues. Um, and so that's like three chapters of the book of Exodus. So I'm going to read the beginning, list the nine plagues, and then read the end. If you want to go through, read the whole thing, go for it. It's really, it's really good. Uh, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian musician, <laughs> musicians, magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down his own staff, and it became a snake, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. And then... They turn water into blood, and then Pharaoh says no. This is like the song, like, let my people go. Moses is like, let, let them go. And they said no, and then the water turns to blood, and then the frogs, and then the gnats, and then the flies, and then the livestock disease, and then boils, and then hail, and then locust, and then darkness. And then, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, go worship the Lord. This is after the darkness. Even your women and children may go with you. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. But Moses said, you must allow us to have sacrifices and offerings to present to the Lord our God. Our livestock too must go with us. Not a hoof is to be left behind. Uh, we have to use some of them in worshiping the Lord our God. And until we get there, 
Um, we will not know uh, what we are to use to worship the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he said he was not willing to let them go. Pharaoh said to Moses, Get out of my sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. So, um, this is the passage of scripture. To give uh, some more context, in um, the passages where they go through the plagues, there's kind of this pattern where um, Pharaoh will get to a point when the plague gets really bad and is like, okay, okay, fine, fine, um, I'll let your people go. And then Moses is like, okay, let's talk details. And Pharaoh's like, never mind, just kidding. And then another plague happens. So, that's kind of uh, a repeating cycle. So, um, I'm reading this passage, and I'm like, what? I was telling Sammy, I was like, I honestly don't even know what to do with this whole thing. And so I look back, and I'm like, all right, so we've been talking a lot about, because that's what we talk about in Abbey, right? How do we take this um, seriously? Not literally, not pray for uh, no frogs to come and get us, but what is this saying? And so uh, Corey and I were joking that this series could have been called Pharaoh's. So that's basically what we were talking about. Um, but when we started this series, we talked a lot about how uh, naming pharaohs, right? Corey talked about that. That none of the pharaohs in Exodus are named, and they're not named for a reason. So we can't point back to them and say that was an evil pharaoh, but that we have to take a look in our society and in our own lives and name our own pharaohs, right? Then we talked about the importance of naming them, identifying them, and then confronting pharaohs. Last week, Corey talked a lot about confronting pharaohs, and everyone's hyped up to deal with their own internal pharaohs, uh, with societal pharaohs, and our community is so fired up, and it's great. And then I read this passage, and I'm like, oh, this is an insight into a very unfortunate uh, but real truth that no matter how hyped up you get, uh, and no matter how good the thing is, confronting pharaohs is hard because they do not go down easy. The pharaohs of this world, the pharaoh in Exodus, do not go down easy. And so when we finally get to the point of the story where we've done all this work to, God has been like, you got to go to Egypt and you got to confront these pharaohs. And it's been so much buildup. And finally, Pharaoh is confronted and says, okay, yeah, you're right. Take all your people. No, Pharaoh is confronted and tightens his grip. And then we see um, t three verses of plagues and back and forth. And maybe you can go and maybe you can't. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I get it. Pharaohs don't get out easy. There's all these commentaries um, and people who, are, who, who point out the fact that um, the journey from bondage to freedom cannot exist without conflict. That's not something that happens easy. You don't say, oh, wait, this is where I'm in bondage. This is where uh, there's a pharaoh in my life. Let me just move over to freedom real quick, <laughs> right? No one in the history of anything has ever done that. And it talks about God's own struggle with evil in this passage and participating with Moses and Aaron even goes to show us that maybe God is not this puppet master who has everything at the palm of their hands and is directing everything, but rather is joining um, in with Moses and Aaron to try to get the movement from bondage to freedom. A lot of people talk about the plagues as the undoing of creation, right? So we see in a lot of the plagues, it's kind of the opposite. Like water isn't water anymore. There's hail that's uh, big enough to destroy trees. Bugs are eating the livestock. The, there's no separation between darkness and light. A chaos is created, and it's sort of undoing creation. And it harkens back to Genesis when out of chaos 
um, God created, right? And it makes me think about this idea as I am wrestling and struggling with and trying to own my own pharaohs as we go through this season, uh, that sometimes I do that. Sometimes there's something uh, going on that I need to confront, and instead of initially confronting it, I tighten my grip, I create a certain amount of chaos until it's far too great and the thing has to be confronted, right? Because that's the other reality is sometimes pharaohs will be confronted whether you want them to or not, right? And so um, when I used to work, I used to work at Pepperdine, and part of my job was uh, the judicial committee, right? So I would have hearings when students got in trouble. If it was something minor, like they were smoking weed or drinking in their room or whatever, it'd just be a one-on-one -on -one thing. But if it was a serious offense, it would be a, a whole committee situation. And so we had this student, this is two weeks before graduation. The student is a senior. And um, there was a, an office, and the old director of that office had been let go. A lot of students were very upset about it. And so th this particular student was given uh, his boss's credit card to buy snacks for an event, and instead bought a plane ticket for the old director to come to graduation. So it's a pretty serious offense. Um, so it's a full committee thing, because it's essentially theft. Um, so we're in this committee, and, and, and we decide not to go as hard as, as we could. And we say, here's the deal. You're not going to be able to walk in graduation. Because what can you do? There's only two weeks left of school. Um, so we can't, you can't walk in graduation, but you can still graduate. You're, you'll get your diploma in the mail. Um, and that's it. We'll call it, we'll call it even. And um, he lost it. He freaked out. He's threatening to sue. He's calling us. His parents are calling us. I'm getting emails. I'm like afraid to run into him on campus, kind of. Um, and he is irate. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, um, he's really going for it. And so uh, the next week, so now it's one week to graduation, um, the, the person whose credit card he used says, well, let me just check up on all the charges. And so we find out he also bought two iPhones. So we, we bring this kid back in, and we're like, are you kidding me? How did you, how are you mad at us, right? And how did you leave this out? You're not graduating from here. You're never going to come back here. You're not on this campus. We like threw the book at this kid. And, and the tone of that meeting was completely different, right? Walked in, showed him the statement, and it was kind of like a, yeah, I know, right? And there's this theory in um, like child development, this, this, this idea of something called an extinction burst, right? So if you have a child or someone and they're, let's say they're hitting cars together, they're doing something you don't want them to do, and you say, hey, stop it, they don't stop it, you're like, hey, stop it, and then finally you're like, if you grew up in my house, you're like, I'm gonna count to three, right, and then I'm gonna get my belt, then they're like, okay. Um, but if you've ever uh, forced someone to stop behavior, right before, sometimes they'll be like, ah, right? Like one last, like, Oh, I'm going to like, I know this is going to end soon, but before it does, I'm just going to go for it, right? This idea of an extinction. That's what this student had. He knew we were going to find out about the phones, but before we did, he just threw the fit of his life, right? It's what a lot of people think, or some people theorize is happening with race kind of in America, is that people sense that things might be uh, starting to equal out, and so you have people who are just like, well, I'll show you, right? Like, I have one last chance to do this. Um, and that's what we see in so many of our lives. When we have something that we know is going to be confronted, sometimes we create as much chaos as we can and tighten our reins until um, we can't handle it, right? 
until the plagues get worse and worse and worse. And we keep saying, I'm not going to let this thing go because pharaohs don't go down easy, right? No one, uh, not many people, I won't say no one, um, specifically um, addresses an addiction when it's like pretty un under control, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, I don't know, I could see this. No, right? You kind of hit rock bottom. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, gosh, one of the more sort of painful seasons of my life recently, remembering there's a moment where I was like, oh, I'm gay, and I'm going to be out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Sammy, I'm going to be with Sammy. But, but I, that was too, I was too afraid, right, to actually do that. Meanwhile, I exist in a community that I know those two don't reconcile. And instead of the first moment I realized that, stepping away, I just kept getting deeper and deeper into this community. And I know, I like, would tell myself, like, Beans, you're making this worse. You're, you're making this harder on yourself. You're, you're moving up in leadership. You're building more relationships. And you know in the back of your head, this pharaoh is going to be confronted. And you're just digging yourself deeper into the sand. Why? Because pharaohs don't go down easy. And as I read the scripture, it's less about like, oh, will the, will the locust, what size are the locust? And what, what strain of locust? And the wind can, no, it's, it's, who cares, right? It's this bigger picture of, oh, this does not happen easily. These pharaohs don't go down without a fight. God is in the fight with us, but it is still a fight, right? It's not something that we just get to control. And we've all been there. We've all tightened our grip and created a certain amount of chaos, hoping that the chaos will force us to confront our pharaoh, because we don't want to, right? You ever been doing something and like secretly just hoped you get caught so you don't have to come forward, right? These are real things that people understand. Um, and the human experience is, is, is full of, right? And they talk a lot... Um, Bible scholars or whoever they is, um, to the larger picture, right, that we can all see in the book of Exodus is this isn't just a story about the deliverance of the Israelites. This harkens to a greater idea of, of God's restoration of creation and humanity. And just like we talk uh, here almost every week that just the, the freedom of Israel is tied to the, to the healing of the world, our own freedom and healing is tied to the freedom and healing of the world. They are inextricably tied. Oppressed people oppress people, hurt people hurt people, and transform people transform people. So in our fights to confront our own pharaohs, we're not confronting them just for ourselves. We are confronting them for the healing of the world. In our own conversation to confront the, the pharaohs of our specific society, we're not doing that just for our specific society, but for the greater communities out there, right? This is something we talk about a lot. And so um, last night, Sammy was like, oh, what do you, what's your sermon like? So I'm like telling her. Um, yeah, like fairs don't get on easy and it's so hard and we create chaos and then out of chaos, you know, is, is where they get confronted and I'm doing the whole thing. She's like, so like, what's the takeaway? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is a good question. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, I honestly just, this is something that I'm having a hard time with and that I'm processing. Um, and I think the takeaway is that we've been in a series for weeks and weeks and weeks where we've been helping people identify your pharaohs, get a therapist, confront your pharaohs, 
But the reality of the situation is, if you're in a season and there's chaos, and you've confronted your pharaoh and they don't go down, or you're confronting a pharaoh that you confronted 10 years ago for the 15th time and it's still a fight, you are in good company with Moses and Aaron and most humans in the history of humanity. God is on your side. Like Corey said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice, right? I think it also bends towards healing and freedom, but it is long. And it's wrought with conflict, and it's hard, and it's confusing. Um, and if that's you, you're in good company. There are plagues. There are yeses and nos. There are moments. I don't think there's anyone in this room who hasn't wanted to confront something in their life, and the moment is like, yes, I'm going to get this thing under control today, like when Pharaoh gives up power. And then a little bit of that power starts to be taken. He's like, never mind. I want this thing back, <laughs> right? We joke all the time about we haven't been married for that long, but... We try to make a budget, I don't know, a thousand times. And each time before we're like, let's have a serious conversation about the budget, we both start just buy stuff, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. So like, we're talking on Wednesday about the budget. On Tuesday, I'm going to get some shoes. I don't know, right? I, it's, it's, there's, we're in good company as humans and saying that sometimes being a human is hard, and pharaohs don't go down easy, and God is on our side, and community is on our side, and there are things we can do, um, but it, it, is, it is a conflict. And there's a quote I love, a James Baldwin quote, because James Baldwin. And um, he says, I, I think one of the reasons that people cling to tight so, hate so tightly is because that they're afraid that once <coughs> the hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with pain. Right? And so I look at this, this Exodus story, and I think there's a point in which Pharaoh has to know, this train is off the station, this thing is ending, right? It's not going to be able to go on much longer. But once these slaves are gone, I will be forced to deal with the idea that I had slaves, right? Some of our own Pharaohs in our life, in our society, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I think this thing is going to have to come out. This thing is going to have to be confronted. But once it is, I'm going to have to deal with the fact that it was here. And so I'd rather create some chaos. I'd tighten my grip. Do one last extinction burst, right? Buy one last thing before this budget gets real. Um, <laughs> because then I'm forced to deal with, you know, uh, how much money could I have had by now if I was stuck to a budget, right? Or societally, right? I think we see this, this is huge with race in America. Well, if we really want to deal with race in America, we're going to have to acknowledge what race in America has meant. And that's painful. So we'll just ignore it, right? See, this is with the church and the LGBTQ community, right? A lot of people are like, if I change my mind, if I evolve uh, in understanding of sexuality, then I'll have to deal with how I have treated people for the last 20 years who identified in this way. That's too hard, so I'm just going to dig my heels into the sand, right? So... It's societal, it's internal, there's a lot of fear. And I love being in a community where on a Sunday morning we get to talk about um, confronting a lot of these things, but I also love being in a community where I just, this morning is just saying it's hard and that's okay. Being a human is hard, there's pain, there's fear, there is back and forth. We don't always knock a pharaoh down, walk up to a pharaoh and say, let my people go, walk up to an addiction and say, go away, walk up to a habit and say, change. No, we confront them. There's give, there's take. These things have a process and the pharaohs of the world don't go down easy. 
God is with us. God has always been with us. And it leans towards justice, freedom, and healing. We have to join in that work, and the work is not easy. Um, and so that's the takeaway this morning, is if you've confronted a pharaoh and it hasn't been easy, welcome. <laughs> um, they are large, and they take a while to go down. They tighten their grip, um, and it's hard to let go. So with that, you are going to uh, get back in your groups and just talk about this. Where is there chaos in your life, and how, no, and what freedom is it pointing towards? Just add that word in there. So where is there chaos, and what's the freedom they're trying to get to? And if that's too hard to answer, just talk about whatever you thought about after, after that happened, okay? All right, enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.